Welcome to Glass Half Full Moon, where if we didn't commit Tim on Tim violence, Full Moon features would go out of business. Casey, we usually have some kind of bit where we either haven't seen the previous Transfers movies, or we have someone who on who hasn't seen the previous Transfers movies, but I don't think this movie deserves that. This movie deserves nothing but ire. And honestly, I, fe- I feel like we missed an opportunity not forcing the found-on-shelf boys to watch this with us. We want to try and ma- maintain some kind of a friendship with them, I suppose. So, I mean, we can't... After all they've done to us? Shush, the audience won't know until <laughs> when this comes out. <laughs> but no, we watched Trancers 5, which should have killed the franchise, if I'm being entirely honest. It killed it for a little bit. Not long enough. No. This is Transfers 5, subtitle Sudden Death, spelled D-E-T-H, released in 1994, having been shot back-to-back with Transfers 4. And this is Tim Thomerson's final feature as Jack Death, not including a cameo that he has an evil bond down the line. Well, this film sets up the... Full moon multiverse in my mind. How? Because the the place where Jack Death is trapped is stated to not be the past or anything like that. It is an alternate dimension, which in okay. my mind is is in my head canon is the beginning of the full moon multiverse before Marvel ever did it. I guess. The only This is the first time a multiverse is introduced in a full moon feature. I wouldn't call it a multiverse, considering we don't have the same characters existing within separate dimensions, separate universes. This is just a separate dimension that Jack ends up going to, but there is no other iteration of Jack within this world. I need something, Casey. I can't let you have it. Oh. I can't let you have it, just like this movie can't let us enjoy things, since... This movie only had 61 minutes of new footage, the rest being credit rolls and recycled footage from Transfers 4. And this movie's runtime is only an hour and 12 minutes. Why? You know what? I know why they didn't just make this one movie, and that's money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I'll be honest. I don't remember much about this movie. I watched it like a couple hours ago. I Agreed. I watched half of this movie a couple weeks ago, got a terrible migraine from it, and then rewatched it, or at least up to the point where I stopped, and finished everything this afternoon, and I still don't remember much. This movie is about as forgettable as Seed People. Well, okay, so it is forgettable, though there are a handful of moments one of which was uh, alluded to in the beginning of this, uh, in the intro. But, it, yeah, it... The, I can already tell in, like, a month's time, this movie and Transfers 4 are going to be melded together in my brain. Yeah. Well, considering the fact that after our two minutes and 45 seconds of opening credit roll... We get a five-minute recap of Transfers 4 with an opening narration done by Lucius from the previous film from 
a trancer's perspective, saying that Jack Death is from a time where women don't know their place and machines are created from an arcane device called science. Trancers is misogynistic as fuck. I'm gonna get, yeah, let's just get right to it. This, this film is weirdly misogynistic in a way that the previous films have never been. Yeah, Jack Death has always been a little misogynistic, but Trancers 5 definitely brings it full frontal. But also in the little opening narration, apparently Caliban refers to Jack Death as Wolf's Head, and I do not remember that. No, I I guarantee that didn't happen. But Jack Death has always been misogynistic in the, like, noir detective way of like, ah, they've got some broads coming into my, uh, my office. I hesitate to say tasteful misogyny, but I suppose that's what I'm impl- implying here. Yeah, maybe not so much tasteful as it is era-specific, or genre-specific, yes, I would say. Genre-specific misogyny. Yes, something like that. But where's this one is straight up like... I forget where specifically... Women are dumb, and there is specifically a moment in the... Because, you know, I don't think this film necessarily deserves a scene-by-scene dissection of it, where towards the end, Jack Death is like the only... I feel like I really want to just slap this broad or something like that, and that's what makes her a good... The exact quote, I wrote it down, is a woman isn't a real woman unless she makes you want to smack her in the chops. And it doesn't make you a real man unless you don't. I guess that's good, but, you know, I, mm, we got to a, we took a roundabout path to getting to don't beat women. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. (laughs) I'll be fair. You know what? You know what? I, I I love my girlfriend. I've never wanted once to put my hands on her in that way. I think I think whoever wrote this movie has a weird relationship with with loving women. Yeah. I mean like yeah. Yeah. Anyway. The movie opens about a month after the end of four. Jack is still leading the resistance and he's still bringing his future gun to sword fights. Apparently his future gun just works now. Sure. You know what? Of all the things I could question in this movie, that's not going to be one of them. And we get them raiding. So this is the courtyard very clearly from uh, subspecies. Because mm-hmm. you can see the rooms where the ladies were like, were staying from that mm-hmm. movie. Did Were you doing the same thing? Was like, oh, there's... Here's Charles Band's fantastical castle that he owns in Romania, I guess. Um, no, I wasn't, but I mean, it was always in the back of my head that this is the same castle he's just using over and over, and I mean, he might as well, he owns it, best get his money's worth. It was also the castle from uh, Pit and the Pendulum. Mm-hmm. Ooh, do you think it's gonna be the castle for our next movie? It 100% is, I guarantee it. But also, I, I looked it up because I wanted to learn more about Charles Band and his castle. Because it's it's one of those things where it's it's just so absurd that I needed to learn more. Castle Band. Castle Band, yes. Apparently, I didn't learn much about the castle, but apparently the guy that played the Cardinal in Pit in the Pendulum during filming was stealing bottles and urinating in them while eating. What? 
Yeah, no, that it was as bizarre as I made it out to be, and I have no further contacts because I could not find any. Yeah, so the Resistance have taken residence in Castle Caliban, and Lyra is still just a fucking simp for Jack. She's got no character. She is a cactus. I'm sorry? So there is this thing called the potted plant theory in that there are certain situations, certain female characters that you could replace them with a potted plant and nothing would change about the storyline. Anime often has this trope. I know um, uh, Sword Art Online has a prevalent female character who is basically a potted plant. You can replace her with a cactus and nothing changes because they bring nothing to the story. And that is Lyra in this. All she is there for is to worship Jack, claiming he is like a god and a wild animal and basically simp for him. Well, I think the implication is that she has been brainwashed by her time, uh, like under Caliban, but it's never truly expanded upon. So it just comes off like she's a crazy person. She is a cactus. You can replace her with a plant and nothing changes. And... So the people run the the transpires out of the castle. And so first of all, I was looking at their swords. They are very clearly wooden swords that have been spray painted. I just, just felt like throwing that in there. Oh, of course. I mean, because cause budget. Yet somehow he could buy the castle. He had the castle. Oh, so another thing I did uh, uncover while researching this film is that apparently tim thomerson was paid in some kind of currency that had you was worth a u.s dollar but could only be spent in romania it was that you know i can't say that i feel bad for tim thomerson because he is a sex weirdo but (laughs) man pay your actors yeah, I mean, we're going through a whole ass strike right now because of this particular thing, like not actors not being paid enough for residuals and stuff, but also like the whole being paid in money that can only be used in a certain place. They did that in the 30s. It got outlawed. Company towns, company stores being paid in money that was only able to be used at these places. So you didn't actually get paid real money. There might That might have been part of the reason Tim Thomerson says that he's embarrassed by these films. Probably. I mean, I don't blame him. I'm also embarrassed for him. But while, while the Resistance is dealing with shit in the castle, Lucius has stolen a painting of Caliban. Very Ghostbusters 2-esque because Caliban has returned to life using that painting. I'm just like, what? Yeah, Why? so I blinked and I didn't really... I did. Was there further explanation for that scene? Because no. like I no, oh. uh, Lucius just was compelled to steal the painting during the siege of the castle, and uh, Caliban was able to come back through it. I guess it was some kind of fucking Horcrux. It contained a piece of his soul. I guess he got lucky. And then now Caliban is back. Somehow Caliban has returned. Somehow Caliban has returned, and meanwhile Jack is in. The library in the castle, just stumbling upon what he needs to get back to his home dimension. 
But also, how many packs of cigarettes did Jack bring with him? Because he's, it's like he's always smoking. And if it's been a month since the first, since four. Well, my headcanon is that he has like a TARDIS, but only four cigarettes. (laughs) It's bigger on the inside. It's bigger on the inside. That or this dimension just coincidentally has marbles. (laughs) They have to, they have filtered cigarettes. Yeah. So, first of all, does, is it just me or does Jack Death seem like a much bigger dick in this movie than previous movies? He is. You aren't wrong. He's very much a dick in this movie. Like, we are a long way from the first transfers and where Jack was kind of a dick, but in a, like, oh, he's a future cop. That's kind of his deal thing. He's gruff, but he's getting stuff done. He's a loose cannon cop who doesn't play by the rules. No, this is just... Jack Death's a dick. I'm gonna kill you because I don't like you. That's Jack Death's current arc. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, but we get... Also, Prospero is here. Yeah, because he, he betrayed his he betrayed his father in the last movie. He fully starts to morb. He fully <laughs> starts to morb. He does morb. Jack Death, Jack Death looks at him and he's... Prospero looks like kind of weary and he's like, You're trancing, aren't you? It's like, that's... What? This The internal logic of these films makes no sense. Yeah. But also, the thing that Jack needs to find in order to get back home is called the Timond, and that name is either brilliant or the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. It It's like a Monty Python sketch. It's a time diamond. It's a timond. And it resides in the Castle of Unrelenting Terror. The Castle of Unrelenting Terror. Things in this movie are named horribly, but at least they acknowledge it. Because Jack does say that that is a stupid name. And Prospero is just like, well, Jack Death's a stupid name. It doesn't make it better, though. It doesn't, but at least they acknowledge that it's stupid. Fine, sure. But Jack needs to go on his fantastic quest. He gets on a horse. And I will say, I was looking at the cover of this film... I think that they put him on a horse just to make us think that he goes to the Wild West. Because if you look at the movie poster, he's like stood amongst mountains on like a like a plateau like you'd see in the Grand Canyon. Oh, you're right. That's not that is entirely false. That is incredibly false. We've said purely based off of that cover that he goes to the Wild West. That is not true. He stays in Romania. (laughs) Yeah, and then you look at tr- the yeah. I mean, if you look at the covers of some of some of these, like Trancers Four is looking like Star Star Wars esque, and then Trancers Five you get Western, and I'm just like, what the actual fuck? I will say just to, just to uh, back up for a moment, I do th- would like to point out Full Moon has excellent posters, which. Makes sense because that's entirely the reason why you're buying the movie. Mm-hmm. It is only that, like, they need to make good posters because they need to sell you on the movie. Yeah. But. I mean, that's often like, the case. Uh, trailers for films were were aired on the TV. And so, like, you couldn't just look up a trailer for a movie on the internet these days. You either caught it on the TV at a certain time or when you were at the theater you saw the mo- you saw the poster for it, and the poster is what got you hyped. Yeah, and specifically for full moon releases, 
that's also the thing of, oh, they're on the video store counter mm-hmm. or something like that. And so I'm going to... Sh- I found... Like, look at the poster for Trancers. This looks awesome. Yes. That's an awesome post. That's an awesome cover. It's Ray Bradbury-esque. It reminds me of the Twilight Zone, probably because yeah. it's a door floating in nothing. Yeah, Ray Bradbury-esque. Oh, is that what that reference? Oh, I'm, or, I'm, in- I'm unintelligent, so... Or I, I should say Rod Serling-esque. Rod Serling did the Twilight Zone. But I guess we should stop talking about that and talk about the movie now. Do we gotta? Because they're, the, they're going to the castle of fathomless despair or whatever the fuck. I will say it is funny because Prospero has joined Jack on his journey. And of course, Jack doesn't trust him. But they're eating food alongside a campfire. Jack says it tastes like shit. And Prospero just looks at him and is like, how do you know? Okay, that's pretty. It was a pretty good joke. You yeah. get one movie. You get one. But then Jack Death tries to shoot a dog and officially makes himself the villain of the movie. Yeah. What yeah. the hell is wrong with you, Jack Death? Yeah. But thankfully, a lot like in Resident Evil 4, that dog does come back to save our heroes. Or he saves Prospero, because a crazy man shows up from the woods, tries to kill Prospero because he's a trancer, and he's like, you nobles killed my family, or maybe it was my sister, or maybe it was my child, I don't remember, but no, I'm no, going to no. kill I you. No, 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 I wrote this one down. I wrote this one down because it was kind. Of, it was really fucked up. He was like... You killed my lover, or was it my child? Ew. Yeah, ew. Big ew. I don't like that. Yeah, and then we, and then Jack calls Prospero a squid, and Prospero calls Jack a racist. You know what? That's pretty fair. <laughs> Jack's like, you're a squid. Prospero, you're a racist. And, oh, and I guess the wizard is back. He tells Lyra, like, you've got fucking... You've got you've the got gift the and the curse. Yeah. You've got the shine, Lyra. Lyra becomes the new seer, I guess, and is elevated from simp to simp to seer. And I'm just like, what point does she have now? I don't get it. There was no reason for this to be done. They, she tried, she tried a new thing, I guess. She tried on some new, tried to improve her vibe i guess oh well then they get to the castle of unrelenting terror and it looks a lot like castle vladislaus yeah and it's full of sexy lady belly dancers what the fuck was this this scene made me uncomfortable this was so fucking weird it made sense in that it was a trap like keep them preoccupied keep them in a state of bliss because you know there are sexy ladies everywhere and they end up starving themselves to death because of the happy and die. So it's it's obviously a trap, but it still made me uncomfortable. No, yeah, this whole scene is so bizarre. And of course, I gotta think, okay, how did how did Charles Band get all of these women on set? Because I guarantee he didn't do it in a respectful manner. Oh, probably not. And the other thing is. So the entirety of the Castle of Unrelenting Terror reminded me of a Dungeons and Dragons-like dungeon. Where you go into each room, and each room there's a little puzzle you gotta solve, and you gotta go on to the next room. And it felt felt like a poorly designed D&D encounter, for lack of a better term. 
I hope Charles Band is never my DM. Surprise! Oh no! Guess who oh, I invited? Oh no! But no, 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 no. There's that room, and then there's the room of homeless people. Yeah, I didn't get that one. I was like, what the? What even is this? I did not understand. What's the? What was the? What was the? What? I don't. I don't get it either. It's like, what was the threat here? Did did they have like syphilis or something? It was a room of like, like destitute vagrants that started shambling towards Jack Death, and Jack Death was like, get on the ground, and then they just got on the ground and they went about their day. Yeah, I I don't get it either. What was the point of that? Did I miss something? Or was it just there to pad the runtime? I think he was just there to pad the runtime because they should have just made this one movie. <sighs> yeah. Oh, and uh, after oh, and I feel like at this point is when they cut back and Lyra's wearing the wizard outfit. She's doing her ghost drawing. And I wanted her to like turn to the people that come to check on her and be like, "There is no Lyra, only Zool." <laughs> oh, look, ripping from another way better movie. Ripping for another Ghostbusters movie, funnily enough. Yeah. Well, our next little bit rips from also a better movie because as they get to where Prospero says the time it is, Jack and Prospero are attacked by Jack or some sort of doppelganger or something. And so we get Jack on Jack violence in an obvious rip of Bad Ash versus Good Ash from Army of Darkness. You, you see, the, on the last episode with the Found on Shelf Boys, they kept... Patrick kept mentioning the elderly violence without understanding that the ultimate elderly on elderly violence was awaiting in the next film where we get a Jack versus Jack death match. <laughs> death match. Yeah, that's his joke. <laughs> Funny. Uh, but it's really lame, actually. <laughs> it is really lame. It's pretty lame. They only just cut back and forth between the two Jacks. And it's like, it's obvious he's being punched by someone off screen. It's like they don't even do any little camera tricks to make it look like they're in the same room or stuff. It's just, oh, cut to one, cut to another, cut to one. Like, at least, at least Army of Darkness had the wherewithal to show the two Jacks fighting each other on the same screen. And they also had tiny, tiny ashes as well. Yeah. So we got many, many ashes on screen at once. Yes. Many, many ashes on screen. But, so before Jack Death, Lyra said something along the lines of like, look for the thing you want most near to your heart or something along those lines. Which Jack mm -hmm. Death interprets as, oh, I just need to rip the heart out of my clone and I'll find the diamond. Which yeah. works. Weirdly enough, it works. I I would have, I would have loved for that to have happened but he just rips out an actual beating heart and they're just both screaming at each other <laughs> it's just like oh no i thought this was like a metaphor oh no that would have been very funny i would have liked that way more but also like he just fucking rips a diamond the size of a fist out of bad jack's chest and then the good boy comes back and oh no the good boy was caliban all along what Caliban was the dog. No, I know, but I'm just saying in general, what? Yeah. But why? I I don't know. Um, 
oh, and also Jesus is canon in this universe, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's like, why Why was there just a painting of the Virgin Mary and Jesus on the wall? Let me tell you why. It's because that was in the castle that Charles Band bought, and he wanted to make use of every part of that buffalo. <sighs> because Jack Death looks at the picture of Jesus and is like, man... There's some stuff about these universes I really don't want to know about. You good? <laughs> this fucking movie. Oh, and then Caliban starts talking to Jesus, and his well, Caliban gets the diamond. It's like I'm going to free you, my dark masters. What? <laughs> Caliban is a born again Christian. He's talking to Jesus. He's like, I'm going to free you, my dark masters. And Jesus is like, yes, we shall be freed. It basically just rip, rips open a hole in the Virgin Mary's head. This, like, right across her face, just rips open a dimensional hole. And Caliban just vanishes away towards, I'm guessing, he, he just goes to return to his old castle. He goes to his old castle. Where he starts just throwing people around with mind powers. And did he have those? No, I think I think that opening the Jesus hole gave him a power-up. The <laughs> Jesus hole. That's what it was. Yeah, he's also wearing the diamond around his neck, and it's way too big. So he kind of just looks like, he kind of just looks like Flava Flav. Yeah, it's like a Flava Flav clock. <laughs> yeah, but, okay, so have you ever seen that video... Big. Of uh, Saruman and Gandalf, where Gandalf tries to run out of the room and Saruman just keeps closing the doors. Yes. I wanted to do that, but it's Caliban just, like, constantly throwing people around the room. <laughs> or it's just cutting back to him and he throws someone, cuts back to him and he throws someone. Yeah. And so Caliban had, had locked Jack and Prospero in cages at the Castle of Unrelenting Terror. I don't remember how they got out. How did guess they get what, out? Casey? I don't either. <laughs> How did they get out? I don't remember. I feel like it was something really stupid. I guarantee you it was. Because Jack and Prospero end up back at Castle Caliban. Oh, no, no. I, wasn't it something with his fucking knife? I, th I think it might have been something with Jack's fucking knife. His time knife. He used his time knife to get them out. <laughs> How did he do that? I don't know. He just did. I don't fucking know. And so earlier in this movie, there's this whole thing between Prospero and Shailene, who is like the female leader of the resistance. And they're all lovey-dovey up on each other, but don't want to admit it. And they reunite. They tell each other that they don't love the other. It's like, I don't love you. I don't love you either. It's like, what? I think that in a better movie, that could have been a fun scene where like, you think these two characters are going to get together and it's just like... That was a one-night stand, right? And I was like, yeah, that was a one-night stand. Okay, cool. Let's just move on. Yeah. But they did it wrong. I, I think it was more so like their way of saying that they actually do, but they don't want to admit it. So they say that they don't. But yeah, if this were a better, if this were a better movie. Well, in the future, spoilers, Prospero goes back with Jack to the f past to the future alternate universe where in Prospero's like, no, I don't want to go back. I feel better here. I'm not, I'm not succumbing to my transpire hunger and he's like i'm don't have anything back there for me yeah so the final like five ten minutes of this movie caliban's throwing people around prospero caliban gets jack with an arrow to the chest 
Prospero cuts the tie in from Caliban's neck, and while he's distracted getting it, he gets stabbed through with a sword, and Jack accidentally takes himself and Prospero back to Jack's home dimension. And also, apparently, Jack impregnated Lyra. Wait, what? I was not paying attention. So, after Jack and Prospero vanish using the Timond, Shailene's like, they're gone. And Lyra's like, oh, don't worry, Jack left something with me for, uh, Jack left a little piece of himself with me. And they look at each other, and it's pretty obviously hinting that Lyra's pregnant with Jack's old baby. So how many bastards does Jack have at this point? Because it's Uh, more... It's a lot. Probably about as many as James Bond. Fair enough. Yeah. And so we cut cut back to Jack's home dimension. And it seems like this takes place just a few minutes after Jack has left from the beginning of Transfers 4. Yeah. But they're talking about how the chamber that he went with exploded. They can't find it. And future Lyra and Ted Raimi are talking about Jack like he's dead, and how future Lyra could have given him a chance. Sure. Again, I think the guy who wrote this is having some problems with women that he really needs to go to therapy about. Yeah. Yeah, for real. It's just like, Prospero- Jack- Jack and Prospero come in. They're like, hey, I'm alive. I need to get this dude back to his home dimension. Prospero decides to stay because he's like, I don't hunger. I think my molecules changed from the dimensional travel. I'm no longer a trancer. So he decides to stay. And the movie literally ends with Jack and future Lyra getting smoochy. And that's literally how it ends with one of those like circular closing hole transitional fade ins. So how many... We're up to like five different wives across all the, these dimensions. I wouldn't say wives. I say like just smoochy partners. He only married two of them. Fair enough. Hey, Casey, you know what I just realized? What? I didn't ask you if this was a good movie at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> I don't think we need to. I don't think we needed to. I think that the fact that I didn't ask you is proof enough of what what this movie was. Would you recommend this movie to anyone? Only if I really hated someone. Hey, found on shelf. You should watch this movie. <laughs> I still say we we, sh- we should have subjected them to a transfer's double feature. That would have been a good idea. It would have been way more entertaining than this, especially since these movies are very clearly back-to-back shot. So, I suppose this is more or less the end of Trancers, because the end of Trancers for now. So I guess we can do kind of a series retrospective in a way yeah i mean because i mean transfer six has nothing to do with tim thomerson's jack death yeah it's kind of a soft reboot it is um we don't see him again except for a small cameo in evil bond so overall what 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 are you what are your thoughts on the transfers franchise i will say transfers started out fun because i mean the first transfers and transfers two i will admit they were fun they were fun movies. And then once you hit three and then four and five, it just goes right down the gutter. Yeah. The Trancers 1 and 2 are, like you said, they're fun movies. I would even go as far as to say Trancers 1 is a good movie. I would say, I wouldn't say it's good. I'd say it's okay. It's passable. Yeah. I would also say that I'm in the camp of liking Trancers 3 just because of how weird it gets. Trancers 3 does get very weird. With Colonel Daddy Mother and yes. like 
Colonel we have Mother Shark Daddy. running around. And we have, you know, the the weird time travel machine that just has junk taped to it. It's yeah. fun and it's weird and it doesn't I I think something for Transfers three that I liked is it never overstayed its welcome. Yeah. I, I will I will agree to that. Whereas these last two movies were truly just the death gurgle of a franchise. They were a slog. They were a total slog to sit through. I mean, Transfers 4 was made more more enjoyable simply because we weren't the only ones watching it. We had other victims there to share the pain with. But this final installment was just unnecessary. Yeah, it really was the milking of this franchise dry. They could have ended Transfers as a trilogy, and I think it would have been fine. Oh yeah, absolutely. Transfers could have ended as a trilogy, and it would have been so much better, because, like, why did they need to bring a sci-fi series into a fantasy realm? It's, again, it's one of those things that makes sense on paper, right? Of Jack Death, this sci-fi cop, traveling, who's known for traveling around, you know, the timelines traveling to the past but then they made it magic when it could have just been you know science we didn't understand at the time i mean it wasn't even the past it was literally another dimension they even again state on that. paper this makes sense in practice it's terrible you know who did it better Army fucking, Darkness. uh futurama futurama fucking did it better yeah yeah totally literally they had an entire movie about the futurama team Ending up in a D&D world, fantasy, no science. They did it so much better. I think that if you had just made 4 and 5 one movie, cut it, or even with the footage we have now, you could cut something that's like an hour 30 and make it if make it not great, but a lot like 3 where there's just weird stuff happening and it doesn't under- overstay its welcome. Yeah. There's a lot that can be said for what can be done to improve 4 and 5. And honestly, it's the same as what we said for Puppet Master 4 and 5. They could have been one single movie. And I I feel like this is going to be a thing with Full Moon down the line as we get more into these longer running series and that some movies could have just been condensed down into one, especially if they were shot back to back like these were. I honestly would have preferred, because I was thinking about some of the later puppet master films where they seem to have little to nothing to do with previous films and honestly i might prefer that where they're just kind of weird vignettes they almost become anthological do uh, do you mean no wait no that's right yeah they almost become sort of anthology style and kind of the same way of halloween was originally supposed to be Because, I mean... And kind of like what Evil Dead has become. In a sense. In a sense. um, I could go into a whole tirade about Evil Dead and how the movies are all actually connected. Um, No, but they're all connected, like, with how Puppet Masters all has the puppets, but they're all set in different places. They can be watched without prior knowledge. Yeah. And then if you just... If you have watched the prior ones, then you get fun little Easter eggs that you might notice. Right. And... You know, that's not what happened with Trancers. Trancers really just kind of died on an altar of VHS rental rentals. And it's probably the reason we haven't heard from it 
at all, even in this day and age of uh, hardcore nostalgia and like fucking subspecies got a new movie like yeah within the last year within the last year i don't think that's gonna happen to transfers because they really just died with a whimper yeah and it's sad it's really sad because like actually you know what transfers could have really benefited from go for it not being a movie series but being a tv series like along the veins of like quantum leap or something transfers could have been yeah, a like great... sliders yes transfers could have been a great tv series like, with adventures of Jack Death going throughout time and dealing with trancers and unique situations wherever he goes. This could have been a good TV series. Yeah, that, re- that really could have made things a lot better. Trancers has a lot of potential as if it were a TV series and a sort of, like, story of the week situation without a real overarching plot. But instead, we got this... We got this quintology of okay to start and then vomit at the end. Yeah, it's kind of sad. But you know what? If any chuckle fuck deserves it, it's Charles Band. Yeah, I will at least say I might end up rewatching Transfers around Christmas. The first one. It, it is a better Christmas movie than Die Hard, yes. <laughs> yeah, just but might be something that I do. Maybe, just maybe... The next movie we watch will be good, as we've heard from from other people. So, Casey, what what are we watching next? So, I'm very excited to, about our next film because our next one is a legitimate cult classic and touted as one of the better Lovecraft adaptations. And this is Stuart Gordon's Castle Freak, starring Jeffrey Crow. Jeffrey Combs, and Barbara Crampton. God, I hope it's good. I need something good. Now, I've I've heard that the visual effects, of course, are cheesy, but in a good way. And it is regarded as a cult classic. So I've got high hopes. While, while Gordon's pit in the pendulum was not the most ideal, Gordon has proven himself to be very capable with Lovecraft adaptations, considering he did Reanimator. Didn't he also do From Beyond? Uh, did he do From Beyond? I believe he did. So Gordon's proven himself to be capable with Lovecraft adaptations. I hope it's good. Yes, Gordon did From Beyond. I just had to look it up. But that's, of course, in the future. And we are currently in the past. So looking towards the... Looking down the line at our hopeful future. You know what I also just realized? Oh, yeah. This is this is the first series that we've kind of finished. Unless we this consider, is... um, oh no, wait, Demonic Toys did get more movies. Never mind. Yeah, I was gonna say this is the first franchise with Full Moon that we've finished in a sense, because Six is much more of a reboot than anything. My soul hurts. <laughs> you have one of those. Anyway, that looking back down the line at our time with Transfers, we must say goodbye. And to everyone, just make sure you you remember this franchise by watching Trancers every Christmas. <laughs> I hope you have a absolutely horrible evening. Bye.